Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. Today we are going to be looking at the catalyst of intentionality. The catalyst of intentionality. To start with, we want to define a catalyst. That a catalyst is a substance that increases the rate of a chemical reaction without itself undergoing any permanent chemical change. That is a catalyst. It affects or influences, increases the rate of a chemical reaction without itself undergoing any permanent chemical change. And when you refer a catalyst to a human being or something, we say that a person or a thing is a catalyst when that person or thing precipitates an event. So if a human being precipitates an event, that person is a catalyst. So when you, you, you precipitate an event, you become a catalyst. Now, the catalyst of intentionality are factors or people who increase the rate of intentionality in other individuals. So a person operates on somebody or some factors operate in the life of somebody and they increase the person's level of intentionality. We say that that thing or that person is a catalyst. I tried to look for a story that will demonstrate intentionality for you to understand. And I went for a scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 and the verse number 23 to 29. The fact that if you receive a prophecy and you do nothing, nothing is likely to happen. If you receive even a prophecy and do nothing, nothing is likely to happen. And there are many people who have received prophecies and the prophecies never came to pass. And you see them blame God. They say, well, well, I, I got the prophecy and they told me God said he would do this and that. And nothing has happened. The thing is that even with prophecies, there must be something intentional about your moves. Something intentional about your actions. Because you see, when God gives you a prophecy, you are not a robot. You are not a robot. You see, the God didn't create you like the way machines are made. You see this speaker. As they manufacture this speaker and they put this speaker there. This speaker, you can be sure if a human being doesn't move this monitor, it will remain here forever until there's an earthquake. It can never move on its own. And that is the difference between human beings and, um, and the, the objects, substances and things we see. Trees and all those kind of things. So, if you receive a prophecy and you yourself do nothing, nothing will happen. Now, we want to look at the story of Moses. You know, there's a song we all enjoy, and I really like that song. But it didn't say one kasa Prophecy, one kasa 
And then if you allow your enemies, they can abort the prophecy. Don't, don't take prophecies just like that. Oh God, because God said. Then you go and fold your hands and you are sleeping. And you are just walking about, misbehaving. When they ask you anything, oh God said. Yeah, you will harvest wind and a tsunami in your life. Now, so here is Moses. The Bible said by faith, Moses, when he was born, was he three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season and esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he had recompense he had respect unto the recompense of a reward by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them by faith they passed through the Red Sea by dry land, which the Egyptians, are saying to do so, were drowned. I'm going to give you 10 catalysts, 10 catalysts of um, intentionality from this scripture. Catalyst number one is principle. When you look at the scripture, you keep seeing by faith, by faith, by faith. That means in the life of Moses, Faith was his principle. So if he's walking about and he see, he's becoming afraid, when God gives him an assignment, when he decides to do anything for God, Moses is looking at faith, faith, faith. Moses is not looking at circumstances. Moses is never looking at his own strength. Moses is not looking at the magnitude of the opposition he's facing. Moses lived his life by faith. He walked by faith. He did not walk by sight. I will show you the way it is. It's a principle. For example, there is no day I get up in the morning and I decide to walk on my hands. How many of you ever got up in the morning and for some reason you put your hands down and raise your legs to start walking? That is not the way you walk. Your principle is that you walk on your legs. So you must get to the place in life where faith is the means by which you live, your, you live your life. Whether you have money or you don't have money, whether you are facing opposition or you are not facing opposition, faith is the way you walk. That means factors around you don't control you. You, you, want, to, you want to travel. You pack your things and travel. You are not talking about, oh, will I get plane ticket or I will not get plane tickets? Are witches going to attack me? Or witches are not going to attack me. You just get up, you move. Because you live by faith, you don't live by sight. And you don't walk according to the things you see. You walk according to the things you don't see. Am I talking to somebody at all? So faith is your principle. So faith is the principle. He said, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was he three months of his parents? The parents too were used to the life of faith. Joseph and Moses' father were Joseph 
and, 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 and Moses' father were used to faith. They moved by faith. They believed in the God of Israel. So when they got the son, they said, we are not going to kill our son. By faith. The reason some people get a baby and they abort the baby is because they don't understand faith. There are times some, somebody will get a child and go and abort the child. And when you ask them, they say, I can't really take care of the child. How did you take care of the man who slept with you? But you cannot take care of a child. You took care of an adult. You can't take care of the child. But when you understand faith, then you understand that abortion is out of the question. By faith. By faith. Then you will have to get to the place where you let faith become your means of living. You will have to sit down and look at your life and decide what you want to do. And as a manager of a company, and I'm speaking to company, managers of company, there are times somebody can just hijack your destiny. He's a driver, he's misbehaving, and he knows that if you sack him, you will suffer. So because they think they are indispensable, they will just destroy the entire company. Manager, managing director, sometimes you just have to close your eyes and do the sacking. And when you sack, God will replace them with somebody better than the one you are removing. Am I talking to somebody at all? Don't sit down and let them collapse a company because God gave you that company and you are a steward of God's actions and, and something that God is doing and God will hold you responsible. So here is Moses by faith. And it's the same way you, you should have, you, should, you have money, you can release it by faith because you believe that God will bring it. You have opportunities, some of the opportunities, you release them and you know that God is going to bring you more opportunities. So principle, number, principle is the number one catalyst that moved Moses' parents and moved Moses most of the time. So by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden and that is because his parents and himself, faith was the principle by which they lived their lives. Number two is what I call peculiarity. Peculiarity. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months of his parents. Why? They saw that he was a proper child. One of the things that moves people to intentionally do things is when you see your peculiarity. Moses' parents hid him because they saw he was a proper child. They gave birth to a son. They looked at the boy and the face of the boy was glowing. They looked at the boy and this boy was a child of destiny. They looked at the boy and something told them, mm, this boy is not like the boys we throw in the gutter. This boy is not like one of the ones we throw away. This boy looks special. And because the boy looks special and was peculiar, they decided to do something special about the boy. People, let me give you this statement and remember it forever. Your inaction and lack of activity is because you don't know you are special. For example, if you know you are the Joseph of your family and that without you, your family will starve and they will die of hunger, there is a way you will push yourself. You will push yourself to the limit. You will push yourself. And the reason why many people don't move is because they don't know how peculiar they are. You see, if I'm going to break something in this building, common sense will tell me 
I cannot break this pillar down. Common sense will tell me this other pillar, I cannot break it because they are peculiar features of the building. You break them down, something will come down. So many times, the reason there is nothing intentional about you, the reason you are not doing anything with your life, the reason you are doing nothing is because you don't understand how peculiar you are. When you start understanding you are a special person, you will do special things. When you start understanding you are a strategic person, you will do strategic things. When you start understanding that you influence the way things happen, you will behave in a responsible manner. And I pray that you will understand. You are a proper child. You are a proper child. You are not like any other person. You are different. You are different. You cannot behave differently when you don't understand and know that you are different. So Moses' parents, they did something intentional by hiding that boy because they saw he was a peculiar child. Number three, Number three catalyst, we call it pluckiness. When they say somebody is plucky, they are saying the person is bold and audacious. So when you are audacious, you are, you are bold, you are brave, you are courageous. So by faith, Moses' parents, when they gave birth to him, they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the commandment of the king. In other words, they were audacious. When you are that bold, Boldness is a catalyst for intentionality. When you see people that fear and they don't have any courage and they don't have any confidence, they, you look at them and they, they, they are so cautious. They are afraid I'm going to hurt somebody. They are afraid I'm going to die. They are afraid I can't do it. The thing may fail. They, they have all that fear in them. They cannot achieve anything. Their fear becomes an antagonist of intentionality. But when you are boldness and you are plucky, then you are able to achieve a lot. So the third catalyst for intentionality is pluckiness. Number four catalyst for intentionality is progression. Everybody say progression. Come on, shout it again, progression. Now, so the Bible said that by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So when he was come to years, that means that Moses grew, or, and Moses matured, and Moses increased in wisdom, Moses increased in understanding. The guy was making progress. The guy was growing. He was growing. In anything you do, you grow. You see, the thing about growing is that it gives you confidence to do things. You are reading you are growing. You are improving your, on yourself. And that's because, you see, if you don't grow, your value will not increase. If you don't grow, you will not increase your value. If you don't grow in life, if you were earning 1,000 last year, this year you will keep earning 1,000. Next year you will keep earning 1,000. Ten years from now you still be earning 1,000. Because you are not growing. You are not making progress. So, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, the man was growing. So by the time he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he knew he could find his own food. He knew he could find his own accommodation. He knew he could fulfill his own destiny. He knew he could lead people as a deliverer because the man is growing. If you are not growing in life, you are not making progress, you are not increasing, you are not maturing, you can never take a step because you are afraid. 
If you can clap. If you give birth to a child, for example, if you give birth to a child and the child's bones don't grow, that child can never walk. Because if the bones don't grow, the child cannot walk. So you can see the child crawling and you say, baby, you must have the will to grow. Get up and walk. You must have the will to walk. Get up and walk. The baby will tell you, my bones are not grown enough to walk. Progression. Growth. You are increasing in mentality. You are increasing in stature. You are increasing in wisdom. Progression. So Moses progressed in years. He progressed in wisdom. He progressed in the sense of responsibility. When Moses came to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, childishness, it kills intentionality. Childishness kills intentionality. So you have to grow. So we are seeing Moses, and the man is growing. When you grow, the growth or the progression becomes a catalyst to intentionality. Purity is the fit catalyst of intentionality we see in this scripture. By faith, Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He was not worldly. Listen to me. Sin will make you afraid. Sin will make you afraid. Sin, it will make you fear. Because you see, you always be looking over your shoulders. Is somebody going to catch me? Am I going to fall? Am I going to destroy my life? When, if you are a fornicator, you run diarrhea for three days, you start thinking, is it HIV? You will diagnose yourself with all kinds of sicknesses. When you feel a little pain, you say, ah, or oh, this is Babasu. Because of Bonnie, the Bible said the wicked fled when no man pursued so you want to make sure that look at what the bible said the righteous shall be as bold as a lion why jesus said the prince of this world is coming but he has nothing in me i pray that god will make you a pure individual he said he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of god instead of enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season the man chose to suffer affliction he said, I don't want worldliness. Some of us are just too worldly. You are too worldly to achieve anything. The other day, I heard um, Jürgen Klopp. The, the Jürgen Klopp, the, the manager of Liverpool Football Club. And um, he was praising Mo Salah. Mo Salah and um, Sadio Mani. These are powerful strikers in the, in, the, in the Liverpool team. One is on the right, the other one is on the left. I think Mani is on the left. Salah is on the right. And they are just dangerous. They will destroy you any day, any time. And I heard their coach made a, make a comment. Jürgen Klopp said, these two boys, they don't take alcohol at all. Alcohol or beer, that enters their body is zero. He said, so, their recovery rate is very fast. When they play one football match, their readiness for the next match is quicker than other players because they don't drink alcohol at all. 
Now that is even football. So when it comes to spirituality, it comes to preaching, it comes to anointing, it comes to godliness, you cannot mix alcohol with your godliness. You cannot mix sin with your godliness. And these days we have all these Christians who go, we are going to hold a party, and it's a wealthy party. It's a birthday party, I beg your pardon. Sometimes they say it's a wedding party, and they take advantage of it. Birthday, wedding, graduation party. They take advantage of it, and they boost the alcohol well, well. But here are footballers, and they know that a life that is alcohol-free will give you the impetus and the momentum in life. I pray that you will clean your ways and make your way pure. The Bible talks about where will thou shall a young man cleanse his ways or keep his ways pure. He said by taking heed there or two according to your word. If you want to have a good family, take sin out of your life. You want to have a good ministry, take sin out of your life. You want to do a good business, take sin out of your life. You cannot be a successful managing director when you are chasing all those girls around the place. The business will collapse. The business will collapse. You can't be a good managing director if you are drinking the way you do. You drink, you, you, you eat food anywhere. Anywhere you go, when they give you malt, you cannot say no. It's very easy for you to be poisoned. You must take the wealthiness out of your life. So, purity is the fifth catalyst. Number six catalyst is what I call philosophy. The Bible said, <clears throat> and esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. I like that. I call it philosophy. That is Moses' philosophy of wealth. That Moses saw wealth now, this is the prince of Egypt. This man is regarded as Pharaoh's daughter's son. He is in the palace, and according to the historical records, he could have even become a Pharaoh. That is the extent of the adoption that he had in that palace. The man grew in that palace, learned in all the wisdom and the knowledge of the Egyptians. Wealth was at the man's command. The man commanded wealth and he said, you know what? I'm going to leave all these, the riches and the treasures of Egypt. I'm going to leave them and I'm going to suffer the reproach of Christ. And that the reproach of Christ is greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. That is the man's philosophy. I want to ask you a question. What is your philosophy in life? And if you are listening to me, you are under the sound of my voice. You are 60 years, you are still not born again. 55 years, you are not born again. 57 years, you are not born again. You are 45, you are still sinning. You don't want to be born again. Jack, time is going. Philosophy. Philosophy of life. What is true riches? Philosophy of life. What is prosperity? Philosophy of life. What does it mean to prosper? And I'm praying in Jesus' name for somebody. That God will help you to understand true life, true wealth. Anybody clapping, you understand what I'm talking about. And may the hand of God Almighty rest upon you. Can I hear you shout an amen? Now, you see somebody, you are not, you, you don't, you are not married. You are not married. And they ask you, how old are you? Say 30. 
30. If you are a girl and you are not married by the age of 30, I don't have a problem with you. But a man, you see, the reason why women I don't mind is because a woman, you cannot go and chase a man to marry. You are a man with a woman, I don't mind. If by 30, 40, 50, you are not married, you, you should respect yourself. You cannot give a man application to marry you because most of the men who receive application, they are very careless people. If you give him application, he will apply trouble on you. But if you are a man by the age of 30, are you married? No. The reason why you didn't prosper in life is because at the time you were raising your own children, your parents too were your children. So, you are not, you are not calculating your life. And the Bible said, so then... Teach us to number our days that we may apply ourselves unto wisdom. I'm not saying jump out of school and go marry. But already being in school is enough disincentive to raising your children properly. Therefore, when you now finish school and after five years, you still can't marry. You cannot make up your mind. You are confused. Today, it is a short girl. Tomorrow, a tall girl. Then by the time we realize, you are bringing another one. Then by the time we can, we can judge that one and finish, you bring another one. Lenge, lenge, lenge. Azangbio, warning. What's wrong with you? You, you? you are not philosophizing life. Number, number seven catalyst is what I call perseverance. Perseverance is a catalyst to intentionality. The Bible said Moses and Dior are seeing him. That was invisible. Now, perseverance is your ability to take punishment. Tell somebody sitting by you, you must have the ability to take punishment. No, tell somebody, your body must take punishment. Your mind must take, be able to take punishment. Your soul must be able to take punishment. Tell the person every aspect of your life must be able to take punishment. Tell somebody sitting by you, stop crying. Tell them the crying doesn't look nice on you. You can even add, it makes you look useless. Every day. Everyday cry. I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.